0: I am Dr. John Day, a cardiologist specializing in atrial fibrillation at St. Mark's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. And my topic today is, well, is vitamin D good for the heart? So let me share my screen with you now and hopefully you can see it. Okay, is vitamin D good for the heart? Before I jump into our topic, just a reminder that here at St. Mark's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah, we have one-day access to world-class cardiovascular care. Um, This is our number. If you feel like you need to be seen, we can get you in to see one of our cardiologists within one business day. Referrals are not needed. So disclosure. First of all, I am very positive on vitamin D. At least we were in our book, The Atrial Fibrillation Cure, which as of last weekend, I haven't checked it recently, we're still number one on Amazon as far as books go in the cardiovascular space. So that's how I came into this topic. Very positive on vitamin D. But I'm going to present some data today that is making me question somewhat uh, my initial feelings on vitamin D. So see what you think. Let's jump into the topic. So first of all, vitamin, low vitamin D levels have been seen in heart disease. We know people who've had a heart attack, heart failure, et cetera, if you measure their vitamin D levels on average, they tend to be lower. We know that people who have been diagnosed with cancer also have, on average, lower vitamin D levels. People with infections or a diet of infections, et cetera, tend to have lower vitamin d levels on average people who die prematurely also tend to have lower vitamin d levels people with dementia tend to have lower vitamin d levels and so your initial thought would be well let's just supplement everybody get their vitamin d levels up and no one will get heart disease cancer infections die prematurely or develop dementia if only it were that easy so let me first uh talk about the First study, it's called Vitamin D Supplements and Prevention of Cancer and Cardiovascular Disease. This was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, which is the most prestigious medical journal in 2019. And so it is called the VITAL trial. They had nearly 13,000 patients. That's a lot of patients in a study. To get enrolled, men had to be age 50 or older, women age 55 or older. So they were looking for people who are more likely to develop cardiovascular disease or cancer. as they were screening people with an older age. They were randomized to 2000 international units of vitamin D or a placebo. So this is a randomized controlled trial. This is the highest level of evidence you can do in a study. Now, the study was a little bit more complex than that. They had an arm with looking at fish oil, and we're gonna talk about that in an upcoming video as well as vitamin D. Today, we're just going to look at the vitamin D status of these patients. Mean follow-up, over five years. This is fantastic. Over five years of follow-up, randomized controlled trial, 13,000 patients. You can't ask for a much better study than this. Now, when they talk about vitamin D levels, both in this study and all the other studies I'm going to be presenting here on this video today, we're talking about 25 hydroxy vitamin D levels. Now, in this study, the vital trial, the average level was 298 Anything less than 30 is considered low. Anything less than 20 is considered a severe deficiency. Over 100 is you are basically have toxic vitamin D levels. So by supplementing everybody in the study with 2000 international units daily, they were able to get their vitamin D levels up from 29.8 to 41.8. So 41.8 is in the normal range, but it's a little bit considered a little bit in the lower end of the normal range. So, let's cut to the chase. With regards to cancer, here you'll notice the number of years as you go out, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six years, you see the placebo line, the vitamin D line, and if you look at it, those lines are essentially the same. What does that tell us? That tells us that if you take a 2,000 international unit, supplement of vitamin D every day for 5.3 years, it's not gonna lower your cancer risk. The risk of cancer and the placebo group and the vitamin D group were the same. How about for major cardiovascular events? Now in this study, they define major cardiovascular events as a heart attack, stroke, or a cardiac death. Once again, as you go out, one, two, three, four, five, six years, look at the incidence. Now the incidence both of cardiovascular events and cancer were relatively low, so that's something to consider when interpreting the data. But once again, if you look at the curves, they're almost superimposed. What does that tell you? That tells you indiscriminately taking 2,000 international units of vitamin D every day for 5.3 years will not decrease your risk of a heart attack, stroke, or a cardiovascular death. Well, That was out. Well, what about atrial fibrillation? Now, unfortunately, this study came out after our best selling book, The AFib Cure, came out. This was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association in March of 2021. So, our book had come out in February of 2021. So, this is one month after our book. Once again, this is a study looking at omega-3s and vitamin D, and they teased them out. But once again, we're just going to look at the vitamin D component of it today and its impact on atrial fibrillation. Once again, you're getting to be an expert in this. The curves look exactly the same. Once again, number of years, one, two, three, four, five, up to 5.8 years. The cumulative incidence of atrial fibrillation here. Once again, patients randomized to vitamin D, patients randomized to placebo, the curves are essentially the same. So once again, indiscriminately taking 2,000 international units of vitamin D, at least according to this study, will not prevent atrial fibrillation from developing. So what is the relationship of vitamin D and atrial fibrillation? The VITAL trial is the first randomized controlled trial of looking at the role of vitamin D in atrial fibrillation. There was no benefit. And this was even when they tried to data hash and tease out well, what if we only had that included the patients with the lowest of the low vitamin D levels, those with 20 nanograms per milliliter or lower. Once again, although the numbers were low, there still was no benefit of supplementing with vitamin D in prevention of atrial fibrillation. Now, of course, it's possible that they may have missed some episodes of atrial fibrillation as these patients were not continuously monitored 24-7, 365 for the five plus years. It may not apply to the young. In the AFib subarm that they looked at, the mean age was 67 years old. And then it raises the question, did they raise the vitamin D levels enough going from 29.8 to 41.8? Is that enough? Or should they have pushed it, tried to push it higher into the 50 to 70 range, which, which many, at least naturopaths in that field, is a healthy level for vitamin D. Well, we did publish a study on this, and this was with my colleagues when I was at the Intermountain Medical Center in 2001. We published a study on vitamin D, wherein, with our study, we had 132,000 patients at Intermountain Healthcare with in the state of utah our average age was 52 so a little bit younger cohort of patients 71 percent women now in the vital trial it was essentially equal 50 percent men 50 percent women in our study we had mostly women and we saw a trend toward an increased risk of atrial fibrillation if your vitamin d levels were super low like less than 20 nanograms per milliliter but it didn't reach statistical significance. However, in those patients who were over supplementing, basically, they su- supplemented so much vitamin D that they drove their vitamin D levels above 100. And in, with those types of levels, you get hypercalcemia where the calcium levels get super high in your blood, which can have all sorts of effects on the electrical system of the heart. And within the group of patients, the super supplementers or the over supplementers, we saw a markedly increased risk of atrial fibrillation, a two and a half fold increased risk of atrial fibrillation. So, an ever so slight trend didn't reach statistical significance if you were super low, but if you supplemented to a super high level, then your AFib risk went through the roof. So, what are my seven thoughts about vitamin D and atrial fibrillation? And this is a little bit different than the best selling book that. Uh, we published earlier this year in 2021 on the atrial fibrillation cure but these are my current seven thoughts on vitamin d and atrial fibrillation number one vitamin d supplementation probably won't help your heart and it probably won't make you live any longer number two over supplementation may be dangerous especially for people at risk of atrial fibrillation or have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation number three It is very possible that sunlight, outdoor activities, basically getting your vitamin D naturally may be protective of the heart as long as you don't get skin cancer. So you've got to be sun smart as far as how long you're out. If you don't know, discuss with your physician. Number four, it is unclear if... Low vitamin D levels cause all of these chronic medical conditions that I started out this video talking about with heart disease, cancer, premature death, etc. So it's unclear if low vitamin D levels cause that, or people who are sick and have all those chronic medical conditions, it changes their metabolism such that it drops their vitamin D levels. So, what came first, chicken or the egg, we still don't know. Number five i personally because i've been tested and my vitamin d levels tend to run between 20 and 30 nanograms per milliliter i personally supplement with 2000 international units of vitamin d each day which takes my vitamin d levels somewhere between about 40 and 50 nanograms per milliliter Um, why do i do that well i don't i eat minimal dairy minimal fish and i live at a relatively high latitude in salt lake city utah so we only get vitamin d that's available about half of the year. So most people in the state of Utah tend to run very low with vitamin D. So I do supplement with 2000 international units daily. Why is that? Well, vitamin D deficiency, some of the signs, symptoms, frequent infections. I used to get two or three colds a year. I started supplementing with vitamin D about 10 years ago. I really never get sick anymore. Um, Now it's possible there were many other things. It was also about 10 years ago that I started eating healthy, sleeping more, managing stress levels, et cetera. Whether my healthier diet or vitamin D played a role or they all work together, I'll never know. Um, But suffice it to say, I just don't get sick anymore. And I'd like to think some of it is due to uh, getting my vitamin D levels up. Also fatigue, bone pain, back pain, depression, poor wound healing bone loss, hair loss, muscle pain, have all been linked to low vitamin D levels. And then number seven, if you are going to supplement vitamin D, please make sure you do it with your health care provider. You check your levels because if you over supplement and drive your vitamin D levels too high, it can put you at a markedly increased risk of atrial fibrillation. So this really raises the question, is natural vitamin D best? For those of you who are interested in longevity, uh, we did wrote another best-selling book, The Longevity Plan, a few years back, and this was based on our five-year study of this remote area in Southwest China, mountainous area, the highest percentage of centenarians in the world. And this book really teases out basically what is their secret sauce? How can they avoid all of the chronic medical conditions that plague populations in the West and live remarkably long, healthy life? And so it really raises the question, is natural vitamin D the best? This group of people we studied in the longevity plan, they don't take vitamin D supplements. They don't eat dairy, mainly because they're lactose deficient and they do eat some fish. So they're getting some vitamin D from their diet with fish, but not enough alone. They're outside everyday hand farming. So they're getting natural vitamin D. And where they live, it's a low-latitude area, very close to Vietnam, just about 50 or 60 miles north of Vietnam. So they get year-round vitamin D. They're in a mountainous area, higher elevation gets you more vitamin D. Um, There have been some studies of centenarians that have basically implicated that higher vitamin D levels may be a protective factor against aging. May it slow down the aging and may contribute to uh, living to the ripe old age of the centenarian status. However, in our study of these centenarians in Southwest China, While many of them had very good vitamin D levels, they were well protected, there were a number of our centenarians who had low vitamin D levels. So even if your natural vitamin D levels do run low, that doesn't mean necessarily it's going to slow your life. There's so many things about vitamin D and the metabolism of vitamin D that we really just don't understand. Thank you so much for your attention.